Hello! Dan regrets having you on already. <laughs> Alright, good? Good. Ladies and gents, welcome to episode number 10. We made it 10 episodes in uh, on Bourbon Beer and Beyond. And uh, we apologize for our absence as of recent. We've kind of had one uh, mini-sode floating out there for a couple weeks now. So we are back. Life happens. Get over it. Life does happen. Talk to about it. We are back. Kind of. We're still going to be off rotation for a while, but we'll, we'll get back onto it. Yeah, it'll be fine. And um, and we hope to be bringing some good quality content back to you soon. So, per usual, I have no bourbon news because <laughs> I simply didn't have time and or looked anything up for you. Apparently nothing happens in the world of bourbon. No, it's pretty boring, but a lot happens in the world of bourbon. It's People drink cool. bourbon. Yeah. Oh, also, Kyle. Our special who's, guest who's in my house? Hello? <laughs> oh, Can we help you? Someone's just been hiding out down here for weeks waiting yeah. to get on the episode. Right. We didn't even know. Hello there. So everybody. Been surviving off cave crickets. Yeah. Uh, so this storm is, drain water. Storm drain water. Yeah, yeah. So this is Kyle. He's a good friend of all of us here at the podcast. And, uh, I think he's been referenced a couple times. Yeah, he's moderate. I've made it. He's decently cool. I'm actually a member of the Strusel Boys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah. wow. That was a good throw. He handled the high octaves on the streusels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a tenor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been and told I, that since a young age. Can you not make smack a, your lips while eating pretzels on the bike? <laughs> make a mean streusel. <laughs> you should have told me we were starting before I got Jesus a pretzel. Christ, you already knew we were starting. You've been eating that one pretzel for like 10 minutes. <laughs> I was trying to be quiet eating the pretzel. And they're mini pretzels. They're not. Yeah. Uh, God. That's okay. Fine. So, yeah, I don't have any bourbon news. I might find something while. Uh, some other part of this podcast is going on, but uh, yeah, for we, we do have a couple things. We actually got some emails. You all actually sent us some emails. That just yeah, it's great. Uh, so we're going to answer those uh, on this episode uh, right after the beer news. So that uh, if you don't really want to listen to our whole episode, but you want to hear a shout out, uh, you can do that. So uh, Steve, why don't you go ahead and tell them what you got? Yeah. So it just came <laughs> yeah. out in the last day or so. Uh, Great Lakes Brewing Company uh, out of Michigan has announced that they are going to be caning for the first time in their history, which is exciting. Uh, This summer, they'll be set to release a few of their uh, more well-known styles of beer. So their Blonde Ale, uh, their Turntable Pilsner, and their Rally Drum Red Ale are all going to be available in cans coming to you this summer uh, for some nice you know, mobile drinking purposes. Mm. So that's exciting. That's good news for them. It's another step forward in the process. Not in a mobile car, but like uh, on the go. On the go. Well, I mean, if you are a passenger in in Tennessee, you can drink. This is true. So like... Or Bloomington, allegedly, right? (laughs) Allegedly. Uh, Definitely not true. We wouldn't push that. (laughs) People always told me that. I never thought... I was told by my criminal justice professors that you could. That you can. Seems like a more credible source. I'll I'll give you that. I don't... don't know if you actually can. Don't so. know if you want to test that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tennessee, though, go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why it's not? Great, except in Ubers, they don't allow it in Uber. That seems <laughs> ass backwards. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the one place I would assume I could drink mm-hmm. in a car. Tennessee doesn't give a fuck, do they? Like, no. just for a dry be the place where like everybody went to get fireworks and yep. all that shit. Switchblades. 
Yeah. You can buy Ninja Stars there as like a 12 year old. Yeah. <laughs> I know because I did. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Yeah, more. that's all I got. That's all I got today. I guess uh, more notably, though, Yingling now is in Indiana. I had one today. It's not, yeah, it's on tap. It's not in cans or bottles yet, but that's, uh, I think, they're, what they say, the first week of April or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah. They're really throwing up the signs out there, too. Yeah. They're really trying they're, to get yeah. JC. There's a huge one. JC's back in one. Yingling. The keg over on Charleston Earth has had a Yingling brewery like Neon in their window for months. Hmm. A, a month, maybe. Yeah. So they're really, really trying to push really it. Pushing it hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, Clutter right next door has uh, Yingling Lager and the Black and Tan on tap. I found mm. that out today. Wow. And they were $2. So that's also tight. Yeah. That's what I love about Yingling. Yeah. That they're $2? <laughs> on Thursdays at Cluckers? Like, <laughs> that they're cheap? They're at Cluckers? I'm going to leave that awkward silence. I wish the, I wish the listeners could have seen the stares at Dan on that. <laughs> Each of you, like one by one, turned to look at like, me for like further comment. And I, was I, like, I was waiting. For I didn't know that was going anywhere. I was looking for a follow up. So. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You really chimed in there. Okay. So um, we do have a whopping two emails. Uh, one from Natasha and one from Rachel. Um, so we're going to read the one first from Natasha. Um, she says, "I'm not one to roast, but I have to ask. You all guys did know that out of or that all of the best whiskey sours have egg whites." You vigorously shake together one egg and simple syrup and lemon juice, and it's amazing. I do mine with some of my favorites, Ablor, Caribbean Cask, or Delmore. Anyways, on a serious note, I love the podcast, especially the bourbon reviews. <laughs> All Appreciate right. it. She yeah. hates the beer, though. <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah. Uh, I see you, Rachel. Well, no, this is Natasha. I'll see you, Natasha. <laughs> Rachel, I'll see you later. Yeah. You're not doing yourself any favors. Yeah. Uh, well, first, uh, Natasha, I know I had responded to your email, but we wanted to answer these on the podcast. So thank you for writing in. Um, I think this is referring to, I can't remember what episode it was, but we were talking about how it's like strange to have egg whites. I would like to point out that I acknowledge that that was a thing. Well... Maybe when, she, I, when we were talking about it. Maybe she dislikes huh. you so much because she doesn't like the beer she portion. Just she just tunes me out like most other women in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's depressing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I had said something about uh, that maybe I'd have to check it out. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to... We'll have to try it, I guess. I mean, it's good. It's worth a try. Whip up some eggs. Yeah. And some they're whites. You don't like to fry them first. They're raw. That'd be gross. I don't know if that makes that you... Sound that's real. the weird part. Worse. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's for a, like a texture thing, really. Like when I crack an egg to, to scramble it, the egg white just looks like snot. Like it's disgusting. Like it's like... Like I don't want that. You know? I don't want that in my drink. I don't want snot. You think that now, but it, it's good, man. It's yeah. like tapioca pudding drink. It's horrible. Oh. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah. Is that a thing? You make tapioca pudding with egg whites. You do. Yeah, but is there a drink of it? Whiskey sour. <laughs> you just put tapioca yeah. pudding and whiskey together. All right. Time's a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to the next here. Uh, so we've got Rachel, who uh, I know Tyler, myself, Kyle, <laughs> and Dan uh, actually went to high school with Rachel. So it's cool to hear from her as she has moved away to Texas. Uh, so with that, she says, greetings from Texas. I hope you all are doing well. I'm really loving the podcast. Wish half of the beer you talk about was available in Texas. Oh, you ate it. But at least now I have a running <laughs> list for when I come home to visit. 
Steve, we met once at 15 Cent Beer Night at the Bluebirds, so no worries if you have no clue who I am. But for context, I went to grade school and high school with Natalie and Tyler, plus high school with Daniel. Uh, I'm wondering if you can help me out. We can. I'm coming home for a weekend in May for a friend's wedding, and I'll be in Louisville for a couple days. My Texas native boyfriend will be coming with me, and I'm wondering what your suggestions for a good beer or bourbon true to Louisville and Southern Indiana experience would be. Go to my wide. Shut up. We'll probably <laughs> only have one day to go out and do stuff since I'll be spending some time with family. But what would you all say is the quintessential can't miss experience? We both love beer and bourbon, so I'd love to hear your suggestions. Thanks. Oh, well, thank you for writing in. Glad you're enjoying the podcast from Texas. So now we know who's listening from Texas. Um, it's so yeah, that I apparently know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> from 50 Cent Beer Night. So basically, uh, you're gonna say mile wide, yeah? If you're yeah, if you're looking for beer that's truly a Louisville beer, mm-hmm. I don't think you can go wrong with any of the selections they have. Mm-hmm. Granted, there are a bunch of other great breweries around here. New Albanian is something we've all been going to a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's a little bit closer to us, but mm-hmm. I mean their offerings are pretty great as well. But uh, mile wide is probably my my favorite local brewery right now. So mm-hmm. definitely check them out. Um, they're starting to creep up more and more at other bars around the area. Um, so maybe if you're just you know going out for a night, you might be able to find one here mm-hmm. or there. Mm-hmm. But uh, checking out the brewery itself is is a pretty cool little little spot to go to. Can't forget about Against the Grain. Yeah. Yeah. Did you mention that? You might have mentioned that. I, I didn't say it right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You might think of that. That could I, be a good one. Yeah. That's also a pretty Against the Grain would be your your. Uh, I don't want to say novelty beers, but your more experimental beers. I think that's a good way that's to put fair it. to not, say. Not typical. Right. Yeah. yeah. They taste great. I haven't had a bad beer from right. against grain. I've had some that I was like, eh, I don't want to really buy it, you know, but it wasn't mm-hmm. horrible that I wanted to pour it out or throw up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I've had, some, I've had some great beers at other places. Right. You know, Goodwood has been making some really good stuff lately and, you know, places like that, but... My also, wife for me has just been just killing it. Every every release they have has just been great so mm-hmm. far. So. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say also Floyd County on Indiana side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's. Um, I'm curious how much people like on the other side of the river know about Floyd County because I mean I really like their beers. Yeah, not especially a lot. some of their um, stuff they've come out mm-hmm. with recently. Most is recent. really, really good. Yeah, I think they've kicked. I think they've kicked it up a notch. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Some of the people that I've been talking to down there aren't really aware of anything going on. I think New Albany is the most popular in Louisville. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's my least favorite of the three in New Albany, to be honest with you. Right. Uh, Donham mm-hmm. Day has some great stuff, and Floyd County has had great stuff. But those are just not well known in the Louisville, like in Louisville currently, which is yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. I think but, I mean, well, I mean, neither mm-hmm. Donham Day nor Floyd County like bottle and distribute. You know, they sell like some drafts. And I, I think maybe even only in house. I don't know if they're even. You know, selling drafts yeah. to outside venues to, mm-hmm. to put on to put online and sell there. I don't think but, they are currently, no. Yeah. Which makes sense. Right. I guess. Yeah. But they are some quality products, so if you're on this side of the river, definitely check those out as well. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for something bourbon related, um, Angels Envy just opened their full production facility, uh, which is actually conveniently right across the street from Against the Grain. Literally, you could go to both and hop and skip across the street and you're there. Um, and that's a really cool tour. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Angel's Envy product. Um, so it's a really cool thing to do. 
I mean, you've got like the Evan Williams experience, the Jim Beam urban still house and stuff like that, which I mean, they're not great, but they're fun to do if you're trying to pass time, but it sounds like you're on a tight schedule. So you may not want to be killing too much time. Um, but if you're trying to grab a bite to eat and you want beer and bourbon, uh, the Silver Dollar is going to be one of my top recommendations, which is on Frankfurt Avenue. Um, I was definitely going to say Silver Dollar. Yeah. Great bourbon. Yeah, I mean, they... Great beer. Honestly, they have one of the better bourbon selections in town. It and It is pricey, but for good reason. Um, they have Lone Star from Texas. They, yeah, they yes. have Lone Star, which you should... If you don't know about Lone Star, Rachel, you need to get your shit together. <laughs> because that beer is phenomenal. Um, it's definitely but, a great Louisville ambiance there, too. Yeah, yep. they're very much... They very, very much pull in that Kentucky vibe and, and that city vibe, too. So uh, that would be one of my... My main recommendations, really, honestly, like that, that's kind of my go-to mm-hmm. when people are asking, you know, where should I go to embrace Kentucky? And honestly, like not to uh, plug uh, Steve's business, but Garage Bar is kind of that same way. Uh, it's a really cool experience. Um, you know, it was cool before Steve got there, but it's even cooler now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just they've got a great bourbon selection. They've got couple rare ones in there. I know they've got the Pappy, um, and then they also have really good beer as well. So you can kind of get best of both there. So um, those would definitely be some of my recommendations. Do you have any, Kyle, or did I take yours? You took all of mine, but it's okay. Tight. All right. Go to Silver Dollar. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Their food's excellent, too. Yeah, it is. All right. So we're going to dive into the bourbon, and I got something pretty interesting for us today. So uh, over the weekend, I went up to... Uh, Brown County and spent the weekend up there and I've been going up there quite a bit and I had seen this distillery called Bear Wallow and over the holidays I obtained a bottle um, of Bear Wallow Hoosier Hooch which was a holiday uh, release and um, it was candy cane flavored and it was candy cane flavored moonshine and it was phenomenal just tasted like you were drinking like a liquid candy cane and so I um, rumble mint. It, but smoother. Please don't say that name. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I just had flashbacks. Yeah. You said candy cane flavored, and both me and Kyle were just cringe. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was great. It wasn't Rumpelmint. So, um, so we went to uh, the distillery, had a, an awesome tour. It's a husband and wife that operate it and own it. Um, really small space, but just really cool. You can tell that it's all hands on, you know, hands on work and everything like that. So it was kind of cool to. You know, he, he had asked where I had been and, and toured, so I told him where I'd gone, and, you know, he was, like, very much up front, like, well, this is going to be really different than what you're used to, you know. And uh, so it was kind of cool to see it from that perspective of being a small distillery. So I wanted to do an experiment, just kind of see if we could tell the difference. I know I certainly can. Uh, but what I brought is two whiskeys. So we've got uh, the complete, you know, straight off the still, um, uncut white whiskey, uh, which comes in at 120 proof. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and then um, and then I've got the the Gnawbone bourbon whiskey, which uh, I think uh, what's that coming in at? Is that uh, somewhere on the front there? It's a hundred proof, so fifty percent. Um, so I, I just wanted to do a side by side of kind of like what things we can pick up in the white whiskey in that one, um, and then also you know can we taste that difference of the char and stuff like that. So I just figured it could be kind of interesting. We hadn't done anything like that to date, so. We're going to do a small, small little batch. These weren't cheap. I think this was $38 uh, for the white. And then uh, the knob bone was 45 I think. 
46. Alright, tell me up front, does the white taste like anything, or is it just like... Dude, I, when I got back to the hotel room, oh shit, when I got back to the hell two, hell to, God, the hell two room, the hotel room, I actually drank a bottle of this, or a whole bottle of neat. <laughs> two to dough. I drank a, a whole glass, like a, a full pour, neat. Um, really? I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's really sweet. Um, a lot of corn. Yeah, a lot of corn. On the nose. Yeah, which they did say that this obviously is, they do have a lot of corn in this recipe. Um. It smells like the mushroom of any distillery that I've right. been yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's that's what he said they were looking for, is when you, you reach over that mash bin and you smell it, and you're mm-hmm. like, I want that, it's it's that. Yeah, that's what, you know, that, and that's that's the good thing, is I've know, always wanted that. They you know? nailed that. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's what it smells like when you walk into the back of a distillery where they're they're uh, got the mash grain, in, or the grain bins and everything like that. It's a little butterscotchy on the nose. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. Some butterscotch. Butterscotch. <laughs> I didn't did do you, that at first, but I definitely do now. Did you take a sip? Not yet. No. Psyching it's, myself up. It's for actually it. not as strong as you think it would be. Um, it, it didn't really burn me as much as I thought it would. Yeah, no, that's not bad. For being 120 proof. I was, yeah, I was really worried. I think just the whenever someone hands me a clear. Right. Liquid and yeah. says, drink this. Yeah, you're thinking the worst. And it doesn't smell like water, I get real scared. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's yeah, different. that's that's a kind very of the, different. Yeah, that's kind of the crazy thing is I had never thought I would just sit down with a glass of white whiskey and like enjoy it. And I did. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed having it. I mean, yeah, it's a little spicy on the back end. But not as much as, you know, some of like the rise that we've been having or right, anything yeah. like that. It's mm-hmm. It's very smooth and very drinkable. Which I, I hey, forgot. You know what? It's too bad the name Mellow Corn is patented because this would be the perfect name <laughs> Mellow for Corn. This, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for this drink. And Mellow Corn, I think, is actually a ten times shittier. So it's it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I forgot to include the name of this. I think it's Bear Trap. It is the Indiana handcrafted Bear Trap from Bear Wallow in wonderful Brown County, Indiana. It's right off the Highway sixty two. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, right off there. It's a great little <laughs> facility. So. Um, but yeah, this comes in 120, 120 proof, so 60%. Um, and then I, uh, I think it was thirty eight ninety nine, and I picked up a really nice Knobbone bourbon glass. It was 10 bucks. They have a nice little gift shop there. So it's the full bourbon tour experience. It's just on a smaller scale. So, yeah. uh, it's kind of nice to, uh, I, this know. is what I imagine that like Rev Payton drinks on his front porch. Well, if he did drink, he like would, just, yes. Just Ron Swanson style. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they over the, in over the, the shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's what they distill in the hills of Brown County. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say, I'm, I'm kind of amazed that there is a distillery in yeah. Nobone because yeah. if you drive through Nobone, like on your way to Bloomington, you drive, you drive through Nobone in about two minutes. Yeah. 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 The only thing there is. It looks like, like the uh, middle of nowhere. Yeah. It is. The only thing there is like that place that's that, that roadside house that always is selling bunnies. And that's like. Yeah, yes. they were still for sale. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then you. Bunnies same, or antiques. Same And then you. Pat, same bunnies the whole, the whole time. And then you pass that. Uh, collect all shop that's got all the lawnmowers out front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. there one place you can live in a yurt? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous but yeah it uh it was really cool i mean they've got they're known for their wineries up there um Mm -hmm. but this was um this was really no this is very tasty and Mm -hmm. i i usually am not one to enjoy a lot of like corn forward flavor in my bourbon or whiskeys but i don't mind it yeah i know dan you've mentioned before that you enjoy that flavor when you're in the right mood for it 
I don't know if that is one of these times, but I don't know how this strikes you as far as that corn forward flavor in, in a whiskey. Yeah, um, I, I'm i really surprised by this because I, it kind of sounds like a novelty kind of thing. Right. But I would definitely drink this more than once. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like I've already decided that when this one's empty and I'm back in town, I'm going to buy more. Like I, mm-hmm. Again, we've talked about putting rye in mixed drinks. Talk about putting this in a mixed drink and getting all mm. that flavor. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that, that would really pop, you know? So it could be cool. And another thing they had said there, they have little packets. I'm not huge on it, but I'm kind of contemplating doing it. Um, but taking a white whiskey and putting like cocoa nibs or uh, like certain different like spices um, or things to infuse it. And that kind of seems like it could be a fun experiment to kind of see like mm-hmm. what you could get. Mm-hmm. But there's also those little um, uh, DIY put together bourbon barrels you can buy now. Yeah. And you could put it in there and you could age it yourself, you know. So there's there's a lot of experiments you could do with it. But in all honesty, I don't. I don't want to mess this up. Like it's it's great as as itself. It would be good maybe to do on a on a small scale, mm-hmm. like maybe a quarter or even half of the bottle if you're feeling fancy. Right. To kind of experiment with it and see what you you know can make out of it. But I agree that it's it's very good as is. Right. Mm-hmm. I say we uh, pass around uh, one uh, palate cleanser. <laughs> I got one on reserve over here. You mean these fancy things called pretzels? (laughs) Yeah, that I brought like a month and a half ago. Artisanal pretzels. It's not gluten-free, but I'll do it for this. I'm doing it for the podcast. uh, You mentioned the the cocktails we talked about. I've spoken and verbally contracted a bartender from Garage Bar to be our mixologist for the day. Uh, So maybe in the next couple episodes you guys will be hearing, you know, Something of that nature, but Bye. he's uh, he also works at Copper and Kings. Uh, he gets sent out. Recently, he was in L.A. The air kicked uh, or the heat. That's all right. He recently was sent out to L.A. to uh, fuck it. Try to, <laughs> try to sell some Copper and Kings brandy out there to some some bars and stuff in L.A. Uh, but he is one of the best cocktail creators uh, that I've come across recently. Dan, are you ready? What's up? So if you're hearing a slight rumble in the background, that is the dragon that's Heating. in Dan's basement. That just kicked on. Uh-oh. It's getting louder. Hold on. I'll be right back. I'm going to go. I usually turn my heat down to like 45. We do a lot of things for you folks. And I did that. So I don't know why it's on. Yep. Two for the vibe. All right. We'll be right back. We're going to figure out what the hell is going on. I know what happened. Um, so it's on a, a cycle timer. Mm-hmm. And um, that clock is still on 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So mm. at five, it went back up to whatever. Right. Ain't that about a bitch? Yep. Thanks, daylight savings. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for saving our daylight. Like, Fuck this on this one. Benjamin Franklin. All right, we're ready. I was trying to think of. I was like, yeah. I'll bring it back in. Thanks, National yeah. Treasure. All right, we figured it out. We had to turn it down to like fifty-two in here just for you guys. So it's about to get real toast. Real not toasty. Real cold. Um. <laughs> so we uh we're gonna rate um the. Bear Trap from Bear Wallow. It's almost kind of difficult to rate, but I guess we can rate it from a white whiskey perspective, even though we don't really have much to base it off of. But I'm going to base mine off drinkability. Um, and with that, I mean, for being straight off the still, uncut, you know, 120 proof, uh, I think I'm going to put it at like an eight and a half. I mean, it's damn good for what it is. Yeah, I would... I've had... 
one true white whiskey, and it was one that Cardinal Spirits made mm-hmm. right when they first opened. Right. Uh, and then I've also, like on some distillery tours, gotten like a, you know, tap of the finger into their off the line still and tasted that. Right. So like not a real true right. taste either. Um, but that was really good. I was when we were kind of talking during the break. I was uh, really surprised at how smooth it ended up being. Uh, and you know how drinkable it was for like you're saying coming straight off the still right uncut mm-hmm. really really took me for a turn uh, I'm gonna probably put it around a nine uh, I think it was damn good for what it was I would like to have a bottle of this on my shelf as well yeah mm. sounds delicious <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna give it an eight yeah yeah All right. just because uh you'd never think of a white whiskey to be good but hey it was delicious yeah I'm gonna are go you with... okay Kyle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kyle's dead. <laughs> staring at the floor. Really D dead. <laughs> I'm going to go with an A2. It was cool. pretty good. Um, I think mostly it's just kind of fascinating from a whiskey drinker's perspective, like kind of like having that this is what it's like before it goes in the barrel. Right. And that's why I want to do the side-by-side, which we are already poured and good to go with that. Mm-hmm. So this, ladies and gents, is the Nabone. Indiana handcrafted bourbon whiskey. Nah, mom. Uh, the age statement <laughs> is barrel aged less than two years. Um, so, given the taste of it, I'm gonna put it at like. Kyle's already like chugging his. I'm gonna put it at like <laughs> six months to a year, maybe in between there for age. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Um, it could be a little bit older than that. But see, this is where I get thrown off because on appearance, it looks like a bourbon that I'm really gonna enjoy. It looks like a. Angels and Veer, Basil Hayden, something that's going to be really like like a weeded bourbon that's going to be really smooth mm-hmm. and really sweet and mm-hmm. good to go. Mm-hmm. But then I hear the age statement, and it kind of it makes me a little bit weary. Well, if you enjoyed the white, you're going to enjoy this I one. I enjoyed the white, but, okay, for example, the most recent young bourbon that I've had is Rabbit Hole. Mm-hmm. They're straight up normal product, right. which... It's not terrible. It's not bad. I think it'd be great to do with some cocktails. Yeah. But as a standalone neat, I think it just needs more time in the barrel. Right. Kind of thing. So that makes me a little bit weird going in. And I'm just like really torn between yeah. appearance and knowledge on right. age statement. I got you. So yeah. I'm excited to try it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, on the nose, that, that whole like overwhelming corn scent mm-hmm. is still there, but it's not as strong. It's definitely mm-hmm. diluted a little bit. Um, but you're still picking up. I still get the butterscotch. I still get butterscotch. Mm-hmm. I get, yeah, the corn and then something sweet, whether it's that butterscotch or like maybe a fruit. I get caramel. Like a light yeah. fruit, something maybe. Get some caramel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good nose. It smells good. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to taste this. I think it's taken the second turn that I thought I was going to take where it, it starts off great the you know on, the, on the, the tip of my tongue I really enjoy the taste I really enjoy the smoothness uh, and I get a lot of caramel on the front and then as it goes back it just finishes kind of bland there's really nothing on the black the, the black end Ooh. we'll cut that one out <laughs> hopefully nope <laughs> uh, there's nothing on the back end for me that really would put it over the top or put it or at least boost the ranking for me. I think it's kind of a one-trick pony in that sense where you get that initial flavor and there's nothing on the back end, at least on the first sip. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Um, it's kind of like just 
bitterness on the back end. Yeah. Yes. And again, I think it might be something more where it's just a little younger than we're used to having. Try chewing it. Yeah. Do the chew. And again, it's not it's not like terrible. It doesn't like want to spit it out or, right. or dump it. Chewing it kind of opens up a little bit more for me. I don't know if it does for you all or not. A little. Yeah. It's definitely a nice smooth yeah. bourbon though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, it's very drinkable. That's for sure. Definitely mm-hmm. drinkable. Especially for being 100 proof. Mm-hmm. A lot of young 100 proof whiskeys or bourbons are... All burn and no... Spicy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got a little spice on the back, but it's not uh, It's not too over overwhelming, you know? Mm-hmm. doesn't turn me off to it. Um, I think this would be a very good starter bourbon. Yeah. To get you oh, kind of warmed up to, the, to a flavor that you would expect from other bourbons. Um... Without overcomplicating the palate, and without burning too much on the back end, mm-hmm. like I think it's great to start off with. Mm-hmm. I definitely. Agree. I think maybe just at least for me, what I've come to expect with the bourbons that we've had or the bourbons I've had outside of the show, uh, I really have come to enjoy a bourbon that can do a lot of different things on my palate or yeah. move through a, a, a various amount of flavor uh, or transition transition from a smooth to a spicy at some point. Yeah, I got you. And that just isn't doing it for me. But yeah. it is good. Yeah. Again, I don't want to pour it out. No, so it, it's it's definitely a younger bourbon. Like, But they're a new distillery, mm-hmm. so they've got time to expand. Now, they did have a single barrel that I was very, very intrigued and so close to pulling the plug on. But it was $68, I think, so it was a little pricey. Yeah. I didn't really feel like paying that much. So, um, you know, I... I I'd heard good things about this, and then the white whiskey was just a treat that whenever we, we got back to the tasting, which, hold the phone. I don't know if it was because of who we had as our, you know, person that gave us the tour, but we got, we could have sampled everything. Mm. All of their bourbon whiskeys and moonshine, and they're flavored. So, um... What so, happens to Nabo and stays in Nabo? Yeah, it seems <laughs> right, like yeah, I, I yeah. like to gnaw on, on the rules a little. Oh, hey! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's, tough. That's why we bring Kyle on, folks. <laughs> for, the for the puns jokes. and the memes. <laughs> also, Those it's like Nava. It's like, what the fuck else are people doing there? It's yeah. like wasted all day. Yeah, right. Do um, you recall from the tour when this distillery started distilling? or like when? It- I want to say they said it was four years ago. Okay. Oh, wow. I could be completely wrong, but uh, I think it was four, mm-hmm. four years ago. Four or yeah. five years ago. So I think they re- have a really nice base, and I would love to see what they do down the road when, when they have some of their aged, longer-aged bourbons come out. Yeah. I would love to see what happens then. Yeah. And I'm in the same boat with Rabbit Hole right now, to be honest with you. Well, and and the thing is, is, like, the guy that gave us the tour, um, you know, he basically said, like, you know, we did what every distillery does. We release our moonshine, we release our white whiskey, and then we put out flavored. You know, like the, the Hoosier Hooch, and they've got lemonade, blackberry. Oh, my God, the salted caramel was literally phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's cool about them that I appreciate is that all of the ingredients used are all natural. So, um, and, and, and another thing that's cool too is like from being from Indiana, I'm all about the local aspect of it. Um, and everything that they use and incorporate, whether it's their, their grains or anything like that is local. So it's kind of cool, you know, that they're pulling, uh, you know, those types of yeah. things into. And we got some of the best grains around. Yeah. So people don't know they, that. They found somebody who made corn in Indiana. Hey, <laughs> I always said there was more than corn in Indiana. Yeah, there's um, Indiana Beach. But just to kind of like fill everyone in on, um, you can walk in. 
Um, and you can, uh, I'm getting a call from Las Vegas that I'm going to de- decline. I'll answer if you want. I can go um, it's probably Cole's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cole's. Hey, we're listening right now. Um, <laughs> so if you would like to. Uh, <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> if you'd like to, uh, to stop in at Bear Wallow in wonderful Knobbone, Indiana. Their tours are only six bucks. They're about 20 to 30 minutes. I think there's only two people that offer the tours, which is, uh, sorry, dude, can't remember your name. Uh, but it's, like I said, it's a husband and wife duo that own it. And uh, I know they have a couple other associates, obviously, and they're helping them. Uh, but it's $6, 20 to 30 minutes, minutes, 20 to 30 minutes. And they basically take you right back in and, and show you the still, um, which is a beautiful still. They give you a little history on that. I won't ruin that for you, but it's really cool. Uh, kind of how they use that still shape to their process. So um, kind of a one-of-a-kind deal. So that that, that kind of makes it extra special. Um, but it's made by Vendome, which if any of you all are listening for the bourbon portion, you know that going to distilleries, that Vendome is like the one and only place to go to get your copper stills. Um, so it's really cool to see what. What? I didn't say it worked. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> Y'all tripping. But uh, so definitely, uh, you know, head on up there. It's not too far from Louisville. It's literally an hour and a half. Um, but I'm looking at the website, and you can get a zip and sip package at the Explorer Brown County you know, Park. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. What's up? <laughs> well, it's oh, 11. Man, it's at point. the distillery? No, I oh. think you have to go to the Explorer Brown County, which is like right around the corner. If you And if you hear any of the... the Radio websites, there's more. There's a lot to do in Brown County, including zip lines. There really is. There's a lot to do. Little there. do people know there are actually hills in Indiana. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's very surprising. And it's right. It's right in Brown County. I didn't know they yeah. packaged all that together. That's exciting. Yeah, I yeah. was like reluctantly listening to those radio ads for years before yeah. I realized that maybe there's some cool shit with it. Right. Like booze. <laughs> right. Yeah. What's greater than like being tipsy and swing li- or uh, zip lining? Nothing. It seems right. That's that's peak for that's me. The, yeah, that's probably the pinnacle. That's the pinnacle. Yeah, yeah. That's a good word for it. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I really want to go on a zipline now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do yeah. one in your basement. Dude. Mega caverns. Little mega caverns. Have yeah. To... All right. Before we get too what far are you off. Doing after this? <laughs> <laughs> um. So what do we want to rate this bad uh, this bad bourbon at? And so, when I say bad bourbon, I'm saying it like. It's like bad, bad, bad boys. Two D's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a bad. Because this bourbon. is good bourbon. So sorry if Nabo or if uh, Bearwell is listening. Rip. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk for you so you don't have to keep <laughs> just going there. Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, for as much as I had to say about it uh, being young, I'm going to take that into effect when I rate it. I'm still going to put it pretty high. Uh, I'm going to probably say a seven for this. Uh, again, I would love to see what happens with this bourbon after a couple more years in the barrel. I get that they have to put it out young because they've you've got to have product. You, you got to keep yeah, you have to have product to keep going. Um, but that being said, as far as the young bourbons that I've had, I think this ranks pretty high among them. Uh, that initial flavor is very good. I just wish there was more on the back end. Again, that'll come with age. I'm I'm going seven. I'm not hating on you too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, keep doing your thing. I'm gonna put it in an eight. Um, it's very good. It's uh, an easy drinker. It's got enough spice to it that I like in my bourbon. It's got enough flavor for me to be able to like set it apart from other bourbons that I've had. Um, you brought up Rabbit Hole. I'm going to put it in the same genre as Rabbit Hole, but I think that's because it's younger. But by no means is it a bad thing. Um, 
it's 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 just a good it's overall it's a good quality whiskey so i, I think an eight i would recommend it i think uh that eight may be coming a little bit from kind of what i grasp on the tour i thoroughly enjoy the tour i really liked their indiana roots and and just kind of how they they like that homegrown aspect so uh, i think i'll keep it at an eight yeah i'll definitely give it a seven yeah i love the the smoothness of it and the you know locality you know hoosier bourbon can't go wrong with that nope so um i'll give it a seven it's cool. great great bourbon yep i don't know man it's just i'm not feeling it it's not for me probably go with like a four i just Ooh. that's fair not, not really a fan is it uh what about it puts you off? Is it so? So you liked <laughs> you liked the unaged stuff better? Yeah, I did. Yeah, how wild, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is fine. I'm, like I'm, that, not, I'm not like I don't want to. <laughs> that brings up like a good conversation though. Like how crazy that is that you like the unaged, uncut, but you don't like the aged stuff, which is what bourbon is all about. You know? Right. Yeah. So it's just interesting. Yeah, I don't know that that bitterness and just kind of like from front to back, all around, like. I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, maybe there's like oh. a like an inverse bell curve for Dan. Yeah, we're like the we're like the unaged stuff is like different and, and something new, and yeah. like he enjoys the flavor on that, and then right. like not so great as when you age it young, and then at a certain point it starts to get a lot better for him. Right? I think what I'm gonna do is like do an episode like ten episodes from now. I'm just gonna pour this, and I'm gonna say this is a mystery bourbon. And then I'm going to see what he rates it at. <laughs> be like, bro, this we is like a 12 some, out of 10, man. We should do some like, blind should taste do a blind test. Because we're probably totally full of shit. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm definitely full of shit. 10 out of 10, full out of shit. Yeah. Full out I'm of shit. Serious, I don't get found. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kyle um, just came over because he thought he could get some alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, that's fine. That's what we do here. And hang out with so my buds. Fun. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> Cut me some slack. He's actually a paid actor. Yeah. <laughs> to boost our ratings. Yeah, we have Brad Pitt. I mean, I'm Kyle actually, in the studio. I'm a paid yeah, actor. Yeah. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> All right, guys. We're, uh, we're done with the bourbon segment. Give us a quick second. We're going to get that beer rolling for you. Roll that beautiful beer footage. How we doing? This is Tony Banana speaking. Just bringing us back in for the delicious beer. The fuck was that? Thanks, Tony. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Thanks, so, Tony Kyle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So for the uh, the beer segment this week, I went back to my uh, newfound format of bringing in, god damn it, bringing in two beers from the same brewery and seeing what they're all about. All right, so, gather yourselves. Yeah, today I've got a couple beers from Rheingeist. Uh, which is based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, from their website, their history, our name, Rheingeist, translates to Ghost of the Rhine and refers to our place in the historic Over the Rhine Brewery District in Cincinnati. Built within the old skeleton of, or I'm sorry, built within mm. the skeleton of the old Moorline bottling plant in 1895, we brew batches of beer that sing with flavor. Batches. Yeah, Rheingeist also holds a special place in my heart because I have a holiday brew called Steve. Uh, and so then That's at the name. restaurant, that is my name. <laughs> Nailed it. So the restaurant I worked at that had this, that had the Steve from Rheingeist on tap, the manager just called me Steve Geist for like a year. Steve Geist. Just like a solid year. So. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so Rheingeist is still relatively new to the brewing scene. Their first batch of beer was brewed in June of 2013. Oh, wow. Um, so not that long ago as far as craft oh. beer goes. 
Um, don't say. <laughs> my favorite quote from their website was, the yin-yang of our brewery is hoppy to sessionable. So that's kind of the... One, the, you know, one of the two things they oh, go for when they were I like their niche they got going that's a, yeah it's quite and the niche they have, they have a lot of quality products out right now yeah they do they actually have a lot of uh, they have a lot yeah. yeah yeah most of their formats I've seen have been in the 12 ounce cans yeah uh, and then on draft but then also they do as you can see from these bombers that I have they can they do a limited release rarity series uh, where they do a few of their brews in the bomber bottled format. And that's we have two of those here for you today. The first is called Mosaic. It's their pale ale. Uh, comes in at 5.6% APV, uh, 45 IBUs, got an 89 on Beer Advocate. Uh, it was the first beer, or the first single hop to pale ale they ever did. What's going on over here, you guys? He wafted that beer so hard. <laughs> he, like, stuck his whole face in there. I'm sure they are. Tony Bananas with the rookie move. Uh, no, it was Kyle. It was Dan? It was Dan. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. Wow, it was... brings out the worst in me. Sorry, oh, sorry, Tony. should have never know. invited Tony onto the show. <laughs> that was a real doozy. Glasses are off. <laughs> Anyways. Sorry, Steve. God damn it. Continue. Back Please. to the beer. It's from their Power Pale series. It's the first single hopped pale ale that Ryan Geist has ever, has ever brewed. Looking at this beer, it's very light in color. I would say like a... I don't know, medium gold. Is there some sediment in there? It, it looks like there might be a little. Granted, I've had yeah. this bottle for a little while. Yeah. I've been saving it for the right moment. But there, it looks like a little bit of sediment mixed with some still pretty solid carbonation. Carbonation, yeah. And yeah. I've had this in my fridge for at least two months, to be yeah. honest. Cool. It was. I got it on our first um, total wine trip. Nice. Okay. Oh. So it's, it's been a minute. Yeah. Those were um, the days. Mm-hmm. Rip. Yeah. This smells great. I'm gonna be honest with you. It smells like it's gonna be really easy drinker. Really it's, light. Really yeah, good. really light about it. It smells really fruity. Yeah. Uh, especially for a pale ale, it, smell, it smells more like a uh, like a maybe one of the northeastern IPAs. Mm. Kind of like that juicy, fruity aroma to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm still getting something like it's like I don't know, kind of kind of woodsy. If that makes any sense. Mm, woodsy. Like uh, you know what I mean. Mm. It smells like woodsy. a Smells like a glass of OJ that sat out all night in outside, the woods. In, in the best way possible. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yep. Anyways. <laughs> sure, Dan. And that is damn tasty as well. Yeah. Um, pale ales are, are one of my favorites as far as types of beer. Again, because I was relatively, I am relatively new to the IPA scene. So pale ales were kind of a good bridge between that. Mm-hmm. So I hold them in very high regard. And I think this stacks up pretty well, especially mm-hmm. for how long that I've had it. There's another strong consideration in that fact. Right. But it does have a, like a nice light flavor, very drinkable. Oh, yeah. It's definitely on the sessionable end of their... That's what I was going to say. Yin this to Yang. Very sessionable. Very, yeah, I, I, I can... like this whole bomber, no problem. What's the uh, what's the percentage on that? Five point six. I can see that. ABP. Mm-hmm. So again, it's a, and it's not that high for a for a pale. I don't know. It's probably middle middle it, of the road for a it pale. It gets you toasty after like four or five. Yeah, I could definitely do this whole you know this whole bomber throughout the night kind of kind of thing. Or in about like thirty um, minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. I mean, if we're gonna be honest. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was trying to be more conservative. <laughs> well, it's okay. Um, but I do really like the fruity notes that I'm getting out of that. Yeah. Um, 
it's kind of a more of like a tropical fruit, like maybe some like I don't know, like some mango or pineapple or something like that. It's more than like a like orange or cherry or something like that. Getting the pineapple. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very damn tasty though. How do you guys feel about it? It's um. I mean, it's I'm pretty good. good. It's. <laughs> It's good. It's yeah, very, like it. very smooth, very easy drinker. Uh, I've had some pale ales that literally, like, are so pale, for lack of a better word, that it's just like drinking a bitter uh, soda water, you know? Yeah. Like, just super bitter on the back end and even on the front end. But this one, it, it's got the right amount of bitterness to it that I like in, in my pale ales and IPAs especially, but... Um, this one's uh, it's really good. Yeah, it definitely hit on the yin yang thing they were going for. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This one is very sessionable and uh, very drinkable for a pale ale, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's one of those beers that hits really strong on the front end and then just like almost totally vanishes. Yeah, but not not like in a bad way because like that there is a little bit of that fruitiness on the back end. Um, mm-hmm. It makes for a nice finish. But the bitterness comes in on the back end. Yeah, but I'll, I'll say for a pale ale, that's what. That's kind of what I expect. Yeah, you know. I would say to me, it does more of a more of a one eighty, more as a instead of a fade, it starts out fruity and then switches to like that dry, bitter finish mm-hmm. on on the back end. Yeah, which I which I don't really mind. I mean, beyond it, it kind of threw me for a loop, you know, for a little bit or for the first couple sips, where I was trying to like peg down what was happening. Right. But yeah, I, I enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so there's a. There's a set or a section on the website where they do um, like a review with their head science guy mm-hmm. behind all the beer making. Uh, and my favorite section are always his pairs because they're a little bit wild. Mm-hmm. So he wants he thinks you should pair this beer with either chicken wings or nachos that have a pineapple barbecue sauce. That's oddly specific. <laughs> and that, and that sounds, sounds absolutely delicious. delicious. Phenomenal, yeah. I could definitely see what he's going with there. Um, I still think we need to do a goddamn episode where we pair it with food. We did the a couple up. Ep- I think it might have even been our most recent full episode, but we did. We talked about uh, thin mint or not thin mints, but uh, Girl Scout cookies. Girl cookies, yeah. yeah. And doing a pairing with beer and, and that. Can I well, I'll tell you the now? problem with that on my end yes. is that half the time I haven't even tried these beers until I bring them to you. Guys. <laughs> right. So yeah. I wouldn't know what to pair them with to bring or make. Here's what we'll do: with. we'll just create a smorgasbord of like cheese, cookies, wings. Brisket, oh, mm. and all sorts of shit, and then we'll just drink beer, and then eat each one, and drink beer in between each one, get real messed up, and figure out which one tastes best. That, that just sounds like dinner. <laughs> What's new? Yeah, so I was gonna bring Miller Lite and Totino's pizza rolls. No, I'll be yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do that. Um, yeah, but back to back to the flavor on this beer. It's a little, it's a lot different than some of the other pale ales that I that I really enjoy. Um, especially with that bitterness coming almost entirely on the back end and the dry finish is what really gets me. Cause like I can see like when I, I agree with you when I first, you know, the first couple sips, I thought it was falling off at the end, but there's still flavor there, but it's just bitter and it's just dry. Like mm-hmm. if you're, I don't, I'm not a fan of dry wines at all, No. but the dry finish on this is semi comparable which is how I picked up that it was a dry finish, but like, I see what you're saying. It's it's still good. I do really enjoy this beer. I like a dry wine if it doesn't leave me literally parched after drinking it. But there's some dry wines that I've had that literally, when you take a sip, you're like, oh my god, I have no 
saliva in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like you feel like you're in the middle of the desert and you have nothing produced. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's terrible. It's like a weird <laughs> sensation. Where Dude, I'm serious, man. Like there's some pretty. I'm pretty. Such a, such a weird way to say that. You it is a weird way. Have nothing produced. I know saliva produced. Like it literally just dries you out, man. It's nothing produced. I haven't had much to eat today. Look, okay, I'm pretty tipsy. All right. I think we got our episode name. <laughs> yeah. So what was it? Nothing produced. No, no saliva produced. No saliva produced. All right. So, uh, I don't know if it's... When I ask you later, you're going to tell me that's what the name is. Yeah, I don't know if it's because I'm tipsy as well. But right. like, the more I continue to drink this, it kind of feels like the flavor is like starting at the tip of my tongue and hitting the middle of my tongue and then creeping its way back and erasing everything. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of well, just like, mutes. Just mutes itself. I was getting that too. It yeah. just kind of mm-hmm. disappears. And it's, and it's very interesting because I really enjoy the first flavor that's there. And it's not that I don't enjoy the bitterness on the back end, but it's just weird how it kind of like. I think that's the session. Bizarre. It's the bizarre. feeling mm-hmm. they're going for. Mm-hmm. I really like this beer. Do you guys yeah. want to rate this guy? I do. LaValle. Not me, though. I'll go first. <laughs> I'll go first. Uh, I've never had anything bad from Rheingeist. Um,. But with that being said, this may be my least favorite, but that's not saying that it's bad. It's just I've had their dad, which is a really good one. Um, what's their other one? Crash. I've had that, which is really good. And I know I've had a couple others. The Truth IPA, probably. Yeah, 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 which is phenomenal. Um, but all in all, though, I mean, this is a great beer. As we have, as we have said, it's a great session beer. Um, so I'm going to put the Mosaic at, uh, I'll say a seven. I'll say a seven. It's... Very easy drinker, um, good flavor. It's uh, bitter in the right places that it needs to be bitter, and it's flavorful at the right places that it needs to have flavor. Yeah, I was also going to say a seven. Um, drinkability, it's very good, very tasty. Um, as Steve was saying earlier, I think this would be a great uh, bridge to an IPA. You know, it's a good gateway beer. Definitely a good gateway beer to the to the more bitter, but. Uh, yeah, I would say about a 7. I'll put it at a 7.25. I agree um, pretty much with everything you guys said, um, but I feel like I like it a little bit more. Yeah, I I do really enjoy the <laughs> okay. flavor. Again, I like <laughs> Again, I do like pale ales a lot. $1 buff. And I don't know if it's just the mood I've been in lately, but like when I've been trying new beers for the past few weeks, like I've just been really looking for something different, like something that fits... A certain profile for the style of beer it is, but it, it is presented in a different way. Mm. And the dry finish and the way that it kind of does a complete 180 halfway across your palate, really, I really enjoy that about this beer. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to put it like an eight. Cool. Yeah. Uh, there are definitely some pails that I like better or that I'll you know, go to over this one in, in the right situation. But I think that it was very interesting. I like what they did with this one. Eight for me. Cool. I'm down. Awesome. What do we got next? So the other beer that I bought is another one of the Rheingeist Rarity Limited releases mm-hmm. uh, in the Bomber fro- format. Fromat? Fromat. This is actually the first beer that they put into a Bomber and sold. Uh, it's Ink. It's their Imperial Stout. Yikes. So a, uh, another 180 for us. This look thick. It's a thick beer. <laughs> look at that. Holy moly. Look at this guy. Dan's like, pour me now, man. Have some more. More, please. 
I reach forth my goblet. <laughs> yeah, so the ink is, a, like I said, it's an imperial stout, 10% ABV, 57 IBUs, pretty typical from the stout range, 87 on Beer Advocate. Um, and again, like I said, the first beer to be bottled in their bomber format. Um, I'm really excited to try this one, too. I've had this one also was the first uh, total wine visit that we took. But I How kept... did you sneak these in? I didn't even see that. Oh, I bought a lot that first day. Yeah. <laughs> um, Total wine is a godsend. Yeah, this one I, I actually kept on top of the fridge and just just let it sit for a long time. So I don't know how that's going to play with the flavor at all. Yeah. Uh, and then it was briefly in Dan's fridge. I've heard that... a little that, bit uh, while we're upstairs. So this... Uh, what were you going to say? I've heard that aging beers strictly on top of fridges is the, the best place to do it. Is I also that, heard Dan's fridge is a nice vintage. Yeah. Well, no, because like, the fridge like gyrates a little bit. Not much, just slightly. <laughs> and it, it does something to the carbonation within the bottle um, that really brings up the flavors. Here we have Dan giving you a full case of shit. <laughs> it's similar to how bourbon will move in and out of the wood it breathes, barrel. It breathes. This goes up and down through the refrigerator the bottle. in the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's enough ridiculousness for today. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, but this beer is going to be a little warm, so keep that in mind when you guys taste this. It was ideally Good served time. between 55 and 60 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't have my thermometer handy, but it's probably in that range. When it is solid 62. A 62, that's 62.63. I'll be specific. Repeating. Uh, this of is course. like <laughs> insanely dark. This is, might be one of the darkest beers that we've had on the show. You can't see through it. With a nice nice tan head. What's up the sun? <laughs> yeah, you can't see through that shit at all. And it's I'm getting a lot of, on the nose, the thing that sticks out to me the most is like a chocolate, like a sweet or... Kind of like semi-sweet chocolate. And then like some coffee aspect. Yeah, you get yeah. that. But not enough to like turn me off to it because, again, I hate coffee. I do. You hate coffee. Yeah, I know. Interesting. One of those weird people. Well, yeah. You love dark beers. Yeah, I know. It's bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bizarre. It's stout. Congratulations. You played yourself. <laughs> you played yourself. Got it. The, the, the sweet chocolate notes of the nose make me think that it's a bourbon-aged stout. Bourbon barrel aged mm-hmm, out, but it's mm-hmm. not. It's I can a, pick that up, yeah. Just a rare What? <laughs> what you dying? <laughs> I uh, do have a quick, uh, interesting tidbit for you. So, do you guys know the origin of the term Russian Imperial Stout? We don't, Steve. Tell us. So, there was a Russian czar who really enjoyed dark beer. That was, And most of the dark beer you could find was brewed in England. And so, by the time that he had it shipped to him, it had spoiled because it took too long to get there. So, they started brewing it a different way. To make it darker and more heavy, hence the higher gravity right. and the other ingredients they put into it. So that by the time he got it got to him, it was a regular dark beer flavor in, that, that would be in England. But mm-hmm. then people in England were drinking it, and it was much heavier, much darker than the things they had at the time. And so they called it a Russian Imperial Stout because of his status for yeah. the reason they brewed it and shipped it to him. Huh. So travel, the more you know. Yeah. Just like India, pa- India Pale Ale. Pale Ale. Yeah. Pale yeah. That was a cool That's pretty interesting, yeah. That is cool. It's a very yeah. good tidbit. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate right. your Here's bits of tits. The nerdiest I'll get on this episode. Oh, no, promise. It's enjoyable. Please. Enjoyable fact. Let's drink it. Look at this. Let's drink this. Mm-hmm. I do really enjoy the flavor on that. That's, again, it tastes almost like a... Like a normal bourbon barrel stout to me, because of how sweet it is, 
but that sweetness is only coming from the chocolate aspects of this beer and not from, obviously, an aging process. Yeah. You all right over here, buddy? <laughs> yeah. He's, just spill a little bit on you? spit up again? <laughs> no. Struggling. No, I just spilled a little bit. <clears throat> it's the, ta- the taste on it is uh, very subtle, I feel mm-hmm. like. It's not like... Uh, Super in your face. Yeah, it's not. It's not really heavily bodied. Uh, it's like so. There's obviously a different bitterness that goes between stouts and IPAs. Stouts are usually bitter in their own way, mm-hmm. and this isn't super bitter. It's still pretty drinkable for a heavy stout, in my opinion. Yeah, you know what I when I drink a stout, I you know you feel it in your stomach. You feel like you drink a milkshake. Almost. It's thick, mm-hmm. and with this, I, I I just don't see myself feeling that way. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's light enough to you know drink a whole bottle and not feel full. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Green. it is. It is a lighter stout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's damn good though. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be honest with you. It's it was, very good. Oh, I didn't know what to expect because a lot of the stouts that I've been drinking recently have been bourbon barrel stouts or milk milk stouts. I haven't had like a regular. Stout or an imperial stout in, a, in a, quite a while, so it's kind of a refreshing turn for me. Agreed. If you will. I don't know what we're laughing at, but I have something in my eyeballs. I mean, not just been constantly laughing. Him. So uh, again, back yeah. to the uh, back to the pairs that were suggested by the head scientist at Riding Guys. Do you have pairs? I do. These are this is my personal favorite list of pairs. He suggests that we pair this ink imperial stout with mm-hmm. rare strip steak. Mm. Uh, creamy cheese such as brie. Creamy. Ooh, I love some brie. Or chocolate truffles. <laughs> Don't sleep on the brie. <laughs> I think the nachos sound good. With this, or just in yeah, general? nachos are good. With in <laughs> yeah. general, Kyle's just hungry. Right? Tony, no. Tony, Tony, Kyle. I gotta say, I was laughing because I looked at the bottle down there and remembered that it's called ink. And I was just laughing at, like, the thought of, like, this isn't actually beer. You just picked up a bottle of ink, the, the ink that Ron Guys uses on their labels or something. Yeah. And we're just like, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's my bad. That's my bad. Whoopsie-daisy. No, but I, I do really enjoy this. And, like, with the, the stouts that we've had on the show have been, I think, entirely bourbon barrel-edged stouts, which are usually really heavy on the sweeter notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this has those to an effect, but not so much that it overwhelms. Um I'm going to rate this pretty high uh, for for an Imperial Stout. I'm probably going to put it at an eight, eight and a half. Um, again, I really like how drinkable it is and how like medium-bodied it is for a beer that when you pour it, you think is going to sit really heavy with you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it at a... Uh, I'll do a 7.75. Uh, it's, a, it's a good, easy drinker stout, but... When I'm drinking a stout, now that I actually enjoy stouts, I want I want jam-packed flavor. I want my stout to be one of those ones that I'm going to have a 16-ounce glass of and be satisfied at the end. So mm-hmm. I'll go with a 7.75. I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and give it an 8.5 because usually I hate stouts. But uh, this might actually be a bridge to enjoying stouts more. So as long as I don't feel like I... Drink six milkshakes after I drink a whole glass of stout. I'm happy. So, delicious beer. All right. Dan? It'll go with seven and a half. I'm, I'm only getting to a point where I really love stouts. And 
this is pretty good. It is like kind of a lighter style, um, and I, I kind of like what Kyle was saying he doesn't like, like that really thick flavor, but um, but still pretty good, like front to back, and drinkable. So yeah, cool. All right. Well, I'm glad that we are kind of like the usual range across the stouts where like I really liked them coming in, Tyler hated them coming in and Dan was like in the middle. I'm I'm And so now we're stouts. now yeah, now we all I think enjoy stouts but enjoy different things about them enough to where when we drink one or talk about one together, we each bring a different kind of viewpoint. Yeah, I think whenever <clears throat> I think what was hardest for me is that I was so used to like having session beers. Mhm. And stats are not session beers. No. So I think that was one of the reasons why I didn't enjoy them coming in. And I think the more I opened up to them accepting that, that it's more of like a one-two, you know, enjoyment type thing, um, that that kind of changed the game for me, you know. Yeah. Mug. I mean, there's a reason they're served in 10 to 12-ounce glasses and not pints or mm-hmm. above. Very so. true. I was going to say, my thing is I'm, I'm a big coffee drinker, and I drink my coffee black. So I'm big on that like bold flavor. That's part of what I love about IPAs, and that's what I'm liking about stouts as well is that um, bold flavor. So cool. Well, I'll keep that in mind for future episodes then. Cool. Well, that's all I had for the beers today, guys. Uh, Dan, you got some Beyond for us today? Oh yeah. Um, Wait. Before we move on, does anyone want either more of either of these beers while we? Yes, please. Go Beyond. Yep. Um, um, I'll take some more ink. just fill me up bro that's good I'll take a little bit of ink Um, so it's thank you what is today Thursday ink Uh, hook me up with the uh, the mosaic today is Thursday Dan to answer your question I think Tuesday was that um, on Netflix the new two Dave Chappelle uh, comedy specials came out yes sir Uh, and I, I watched both of those over the last two days and they're freaking hilarious um, uh, Steve, you said you watched the first one. I did watch the first one. Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't find the second one. I didn't. Granted, I didn't try real hard. Like I, I saw this was one of two, and I was like, oh, the second one probably comes out later. It's just a sequential like episode thing. So like within the same thing, you clicked on to watch episode one. After that, there's an episode two. Well, I fucked up. Yes, to say the least. Yeah. What'd you think though? I thought it was great, uh, especially for being off stage in the limelight. I guess out of the limelight is a better term than offstage because he's been doing other shows. But for being out of the game, especially taking that hiatus where he went to Africa and it's like being essentially out of the game for 10 years, he's, he kills it. I mean, he does great. It's the same. Yeah. It's a, I don't want to say the same Dave Chappelle that I love because he's a little bit older now, so he has a different insight on like different view of the world. He talks about things in a little bit different way, mm-hmm. um, but with the same kind of approach or the same kind of like style of humor that you know like your classic Chappelle show Dave Chappelle would attack things with mm-hmm. it's great it's it's a very solid special yeah um watch the second one for sure I like the second one a lot better than the first better. one is it yeah. still just stand up though yeah yeah okay mm-hmm. I haven't first watched one, e- I haven't watched either of them yet so no spoilers but I've heard first it's one, fantastic first one is in um California I think LA maybe and the second one's in Texas and you can tell, like, the the difference in the audience. Like, the L.A. crowd is a lot more, like, PC. Yeah. Uh, and then Texas is a lot more, like, uh, open Buck to... Wild, yeah. yeah. 
which makes for for a, a funner atmosphere, I right, think, for right, it. Right, yeah. Right. But uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I, I was one. Well, I didn't really watch Chappelle's show that much, like when it was on. But I've seen so much, so many of the like reruns and stuff, and I love it. But I think he's just hilarious. But he's also like one of those comedians or just people, I guess. That like, it's almost like he like gets something about the world that you like that you don't see. And like you just like trust him, you know. Yeah. And that's that like plays into his comedy a lot. Yeah. He does seem very trustworthy as a comedian. Like. Yeah. Especially when you watch certain things. Like I don't know if you guys have ever seen the um, Dave Chappelle's Block Party, where like he yeah. throws a random block party on like a shitty street corner in Brooklyn, but like has like Kanye and Most Def and Erykah Badu and Common and like all these amazing like rap like hip hop and R and B artists come on. And, like, the show's for free, and he he lives in, like, some random town in Ohio. And so, like, on the way to his show, he stops in these small-ass towns and just hands out free tickets to people to see who will come and enjoy this rap show in Brooklyn. It's wild. But, like, from a guy who, in kind of the same way that we do, like, are from, like, a small, relatively like low like low diversity place I guess I don't know it's kind of interesting to see how he views the world living in this small place and like how he has adjusted to certain things living in a small ass town where like nobody like relatively few people know him right. as Dave Chappelle he's just that dude that lives down the street you right. know what I mean mm-hmm. like it's it, he has a very interesting uh, outlook on life and a different perspective on life and I think a lot of like these popular comedians do and it makes for very interesting tidbits and very interesting stories that other people can relate to that i don't think we've seen in comedians maybe ever to be honest well i just feel like after his snl performance that he had whenever he had his opening speech did any of you all watch that i saw yeah. that i just felt great. like I, I it was it was comical but it was real and yeah. like i feel I like think that's that describes him to a t it does like that whole opening bit of SNL literally like encompasses what Dave Chappelle is. He's serious, but he's funny at the same time. And he knows, he knows the line, you know, and he, he crosses the line frequently, but like he just, he, he's, uh, I mean, I haven't watched the special yet or anything, so I'm, I'm intrigued to watch it, but, um, he just, he, he's like, uh, he's the type of guy that like, you just want to meet. Like you want to shake hands with him and be like, I appreciate you. Yeah, you he know, seems, like, he seems like a very approachable, very real person, mm-hmm. and that all comes through on stage. Correct. It, right. Like, nothing about his act seems fake or like he sat down and wrote this bit, which I'm sure from he, a place that doesn't like right. come natural to him. Which I'm sure a lot of it is written out and pre-planned, but he presents it so mm-hmm. well because he's a real person. Yeah. Like, there's some comedians out there that literally it's like, uh, you're literally just doing this to get that million-dollar yeah. paycheck after... They're trying too hard, almost. Yeah, they're trying too hard. You know, it's but like, Dave I hate... Chappelle's just a funny guy. Yeah, he's genuinely funny. <laughs> right. Yeah, he doesn't have to try. Like, I feel like if we went out to dinner with him, he would just make us laugh our ass off the whole time. You know, like, he's just... That's just who he is, you know, so... Um, but, I, I, again, kind of referring to the SNL performance, I just felt like that kind of... Is who Dave Jesus Christ is who Dave Chappelle is, uh-huh. uh, you know, in a nutshell. So yeah, so I would recommend both of those specials, definitely. And then on the completely opposite end of the spectrum, I also watched um, White Helmets on Netflix. I've got that on my list. Not yeah, is it good? 
Check it out. Yeah, it's uh, it's like a forty minute little documentary about um, uh, this group of like first responders in Syria, um, in the still ongoing civil war that's going on. Um, it kind of follows their lives. Uh, it's it's really interesting and eye opening because these guys like just seem like totally like they could be your neighbor. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, and it shows them like going through their struggles, like literally every day, like their neighborhood gets bombed and they like run into buildings to save people. Jeez. Um, and it's, it's just crazy. It's, yeah. it's only like 40 minutes long. Yeah. Um, but I highly recommend it. Yeah. It'll, it'll make you think. Cool. Watch it. Uh, yeah. Kind of a downer, so watch that and then watch Dave Chappelle. <laughs> right, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Put it in the middle of the two episodes. Yeah. You need an upper and a, yeah. another upper afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, well, I know you've talked about Abstract. I'm still watching that. I just got to the photography episode. I'm getting ready to watch that. I'm That's pretty good. excited about that. It's kind of partial to me, but uh, I know we had talked about it. I can't remember if it was the last episode or the one before, but uh, the HBO show Big Little Lies that I thought was going to be kind of like a chick flick. I don't know if either of you all have checked that out. I um, but uh, I access. I think there's like three more episodes out. I still have one more to watch, but um, it's it's getting more intense. I uh, I still really like it. It is kind of a messed up show. Like the more I'm watching it, there's a lot of uh, really like there's scenes that are uncomfortable. Like, granted, I'm watching it with my fiance, so like, you know, that kind of, but like, it's her idea to watch it, so she brought it on herself. But like, even if I was watching, <laughs> even if I was watching it by myself, there are some scenes that's like, ee, you know, like this is kind of intense. But um, it's one of those shows that makes it work, you know, like it, it ties it into the story at the end of the day. So like, it 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 does it well, but again, it's it's still kind of a it's HBO, so like, what can you, you know, right. you got to expect stuff like that. I feel like that's where television's going. It is, nowadays. unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, like. They have to be kind of bold and. Well, I feel like it almost for it to be successful, there has to be like nudity or massive amounts of cursing in a show. Right. You know, for it to like really grasp. Or incest, apparently. <laughs> yes. That's the thing lately. With uh, Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones, Taboo, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, shit. Don't talk about Taboo because I've gotten behind on Taboo. Uh, taboo is good. Yeah, that shit's in it from the first episode, though. Yeah, that's it's true. Alluded, it's alluded yeah. to it, at yeah. least. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, uh, what what episode are you on on Tap? I'm on the last episode. I have not watched the last episode, but I thoroughly enjoy it. I think it has a Peaky Blinders feel. It I does. Know, um, you'll have spoken of the Peaky Blinders Absolutely. on a few episodes, but I guess I just enjoy the grittiness and the Dal uh, Maldi. And Tom Hardy, <laughs> and, the, and just the historical eras of these shows, I guess, mm-hmm. yeah, makes it enjoyable for me. Is it an eight episode season? I think it's nine episodes. Nine. Okay. Okay. Cool. And Tom Hardy. And Tom Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> My name's Tom Hardy. Water taboo. We got the white ones. We got the brown. Half ones. of his lines in taboo are just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just Tom Hardy mumbling. Yeah, yeah. Right. Seriously. <laughs> like even in uh, what was it, Batman when he played Bane? Like you didn't under, you didn't understand what the hell he was saying. <laughs> it's like I am Bane. I'm a bird. <laughs> yeah, it's all you knew is bird. Batman. Conrad of a hole. 
All right, is that it for this week? I think so. We uh, got it. I do want to do one more plug. I don't know when this episode is going to come out, but this weekend, Saturday, March 25th. It's uh, not going to be out by then, but go ahead. No, well, fuck me then. Last <laughs> weekend. <laughs> well, I'll tell you guys, Bachfest is going on in Nulu. Uh, what that is? It's, uh, so it's only the second year of Bachfest. There used to be like the weird like goat races yeah, in Louisville, yeah. and it's like a flashback. There are goat races at this festival. It's like a flashback to that, or a throwback to that, whatever. Uh, but there's going to be like several beer tents, beer trucks. Nice. What have you from like Gordon Beers will be there, Mayawad would be there. The Bach that they released today was specifically brewed for Bachfest. Cool. Um, so there, you know, there's just a bunch of like local breweries, local food places. They're gonna have tents and booths set up there. It's a cool little street festival that happens in Nulu. So check it out if you guys aren't busy. Sweet. I'll Definitely. be there working and be busy the whole time. But fun. You guys should enjoy it for me. Yeah, well, we're good at doing that. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, we are, again, we're very sorry for the delay. Uh, as Steve said in the very beginning, life happens, and uh, we got a little little tied up. So we hope to get back on a regular routine. Um, I guess with this being our official 10th episode, I know we've had our test episode and some mini-sodes thrown in there. Um, you know, it's... Uh, it's it's really humbling to see the numbers coming in. I think we recently hit a thousand plays overall, which I mean I know for some people that's nothing, but it's pretty cool. Feels yeah, know? feels great. And us. it's great to see not only states and different counties, but countries, you know, that are tuning into this. So it's it's uh it's really cool and we, we hope that you're telling your friends and your family and your people close to you about what we're doing and um you know, we, we, we hope that this can grow into something bigger, better, and, and different than what we're doing as we go. So we're, we're literally learning episode by episode. Um, but you can follow me on Instagram. Again, it's Louisville Bourbon Buzz. I'm also on uh, Instagram at Tap of the Town Louisville. Kyle sucks. I don't have an Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me up at Butternut Squash Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, is that a Twitter? Is that a no? no X, that's just a general old, website. Is that old Xbox? Like what is that? Butternutsquashboy.edu. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. And no one go there. You don't want to know. What yeah, that's, I don't know. Yeah. You may get a virus on your computer after visiting that website. And uh, you can find me on my Zanga. <laughs> it's Dan Hartman three five seven six twenty two <laughs> underscore Z. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks again for tuning in to this 10th episode of Bourbon Beer and Beyond. It means so much that we have you all tuning in each week or after every other week if we're going on a break like we did. But uh, we hope to be back on a regular schedule. And, uh, again, thank you all so much. Take care. Cheers. Ah! <laughs> Butternut squash. Sir.